beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. It was complete clarity to me. The marriage is over. The friendship is over. They are not who I believed them to be. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I have 10 things to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10ThingsToTellYou. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Today we're going to visit another conversation in my Friendship Stories series. As a reminder, last year when I was writing my new book, The Life Council, I did dozens of interviews as part of my research with people who had unique friendship stories. I'm featuring some of these stories over the next few months as we lead up to The Life Council's release. Our first episode in the Friendship Stories series was about friendship soulmates. But what you're going to listen to today is about friendship betrayal. My guest, Melissa, is going to share her raw and vulnerable experience of a spouse and a best friend's ultimate transgression. Melissa's story has several jaw-dropping moments, but this isn't a perspective only about scandal. There are also so many details here about those friends or sometimes even acquaintances who met Melissa in the moment, just when she needed it most. There's a section in my upcoming book, The Life Council, called The Empty Chair, and it's a chapter about friendship heartbreak and leaving that empty chair open until someone comes along to fill it. Melissa's story fits that idea. You can pre-order The Life Council in hardcover, paperback, ebook, or audiobook by going to thelifecouncilbook.com. The Life Council comes out April 4th, and it covers a wide range of friends and friendship issues but nothing quite like what you're about to hear in this second installment of the Friendship Stories series. I'll let my guest start. 
by introducing herself. Okay, my name is Melissa. I live in Nebraska. I'm born and raised here. I've got three kids. They are 12, 9, and 6, and have been married for 14 years. So my husband and I moved to my hometown about, oh, three years in our marriage when our young, or when our oldest child was about one, we made the decision we wanted to relocate and raise our family here in the Midwest and near my family, et cetera. And so because it was my hometown and not his hometown, we were, I, I was really aware of wanting to set up a friend group kind of for the two of us and that I, he wasn't being asked to just totally assimilate into my life and my high, you know, high school scene and that mm-hmm. whole thing. My husband had a job in sales and one of the parts of his job was to always be recruiting new people to his office. And so he got the name of this woman, I'm going to call her Lauren, and he took her out to lunch to see if she wanted to join the business. And he came home that day and he said, I think you'd really hit it off with this girl. Here's her number, set up a dinner. And I was kind of like, okay, that's kind of weird. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking we need some new friends. We need a new scene. So I did. And we set up a dinner with her and her husband. We went out for pizza and we totally hit it off. They were about eight years younger than us. So not involved in the same, you know, high school group or anything, but we had a lot of mutual connections. Our parents were friends and we, we had kids kind of the similar age and we just had the most fun and the girls hit it off and the guys hit it off. And then the four of us together, there was a great energy, which is kind of rare with mm-hmm. couple friendships. And so from then on, our friendship just took off and we would do stuff with the kids. We would get babysitters and go out and play darts and drink beers and, you know, just kind of the beginning stages of our friendship. And But wait, tell me if the age difference mattered. I mean, listen, I'm 13 years apart from my husband. Yeah. I have siblings that are like nine years older. And yeah. so I understand that Sometimes it matters and sometimes it doesn't, but just in context of your friendship. So like how, tell me how old you were and how old they were. At that time, I was probably 32 and she would have been 26. So 26 is young. Yeah. It didn't feel like it really mattered because we had kids the same age. And that was mm-hmm. what I'm finding in adulthood is the real commonality is you hang out with whoever you're the parents of your kids' friends are, you you sit with them at the soccer game or whatever. And it doesn't really matter because you can kind of relate to the same kind of what Mm -hmm. it's like to have a two-year-old sort of thing. So it didn't particularly, I think maybe to other people, it might've looked weird, but we were all so in sync with each other from the beginning that it was never a thing for us. Mm -hmm. So several months later, we both found out we were expecting and we were, our babies were going to be born two months apart. And that was super fun. And about two, two weeks after I found out I was pregnant, which that was with my third baby after a whole bunch of infertility and whatnot, I finally thought this, I've got this pregnancy that's going to stick. Two weeks later, I found out my husband had been having an affair with another woman from this office that they worked in. Okay. Wait. So I didn't, he did end up hiring her after the initial meeting. So they worked together. They worked together. And so this is a different woman in the office. He'd been having an affair for years. And how long had you been in the friendship with the other couple? Um, Probably less than a year. Oh, this was still new. It was very new. And 
I, so I found out this news on like a Tuesday or whatever. And the following one, the following immediately next day, I had had plans with Lauren to meet her at the park. And so I found out this news and it was incredibly traumatic as you can imagine. And I'm pregnant in this high risk pregnancy and I have a four and a one-year-old. So what do I do the next morning? I get up and I take him to the park because I'm a mom and I got to, you know, life, ha I have to figure this out. So I meet her at the park and she's the first person that I tell. And it's just, I'm, we're processing it in real time together. And, and this other husband is messaging me while we're at the park. And I mean, I'll never forget it. I will never forget. And, you know, she knew the woman and we talked it, we, we talked through the whole thing. And from that point on, she was my person because she wasn't really affiliated with anyone else in my life at that point, because it was a newish friendship and we have this big age difference. So I just felt like I could tell her and it would be locked in and it was kind of a vault and it wasn't, I mean, you know, it was already kind of a big gossip story anyway. So I felt I could trust her. And then her husband was also supporting my husband, which there were a million things going through my mind, obviously at that time. And 10th on the list was, what is my life socially going to look like if I stay with him? And what is it going to look like if I don't stay with him? That wasn't my first thought, obviously, but it crossed my mind. What is, what's life going to look like for me? Am I an outcast if I stay? Am I an outcast if I don't stay? Will my friends be caught in the middle of the whole bit? And this particular couple in a really lovely, lovely way supported the both of us and kind of made it known that they were rooting for us and they loved us both, but hoped that they could see us through it. And so not to get like too deep in the weeds of your husband's affair, but was the choice to stay or leave really yours? Like, was he wanting to yes. keep his marriage? Yes. That was absolutely the state there. He was trying to rebuild and repair. So I ultimately took kind of that whole pregnancy to really like let this all sink in and make a choice and work with him. And we ultimately decided to repair the marriage. And my daughter was born and literally my husband moved back in and they ended up having a daughter also. And the friendship at that point was really solidified this these were our people who had known us at our worst walked us through fire known all of our secrets loved us anyway everything's fixed and back to normal here right okay so we have these little babies that are stroller best friends and we were off and running and things that friendship became it was family we would travel together we did holidays together the girls we had our thing and she was my person and we, you know, had the commonality of reading each other's minds and talking about all the things and laughing at all the same things. And the boys did too. They had their own thing that was equally their own special friendship. And then as a group, we had this great chemistry too. And mm -hmm. then over time, we, the group built to more of a community and, you know, so it wasn't just the four of us. We had, you know, they moved into our neighborhood. So we had neighborhood friends and we had school friends and it became a big group, but we were core friends with each other. Carpooled, drove the kids to school together. We did everything together. The little girls were on all the same teams. This, you know, we signed them up for all the things. 
my husband and I had some residual stuff. Right. Unsolved from that first affair. And she knew all that. She knew all the good and the bad and the ugly. She knew that I felt anxiety walking into Target because this other woman was out there and, you know, maybe I'd bump into her. And, and so I, t- I told Lauren about all of that. And we were on a trip last year and it kind of all, we'd been drinking and day drinking. My husband and I got in a fight and it kind of all went, there was a big disruption. And Lauren and I retreated to the hot tub and I was crying and saying, I don't know if we're going to fix this. And my husband and his, and Lauren's husband also retreated. And we kind of, we came home from that trip very disconnected, my husband and I. Let me just get a handle on the, on the timeline. How old were your little girls now? Like how much time has gone by? Um, they were six. Okay. So it's been about six ish yeah. years. Yeah. Okay. And during that week, my husband moved, checked into a hotel and that was probably the lowest of my low. That was really when I thought really visualizing, what does it really look like if we don't stay together? Like my mama heart was really crushed. And mm-hmm. I felt that was the first time I kind of noticed something's a little off because she was very distant mm-hmm. and I had bigger fish to fry in the moment than wondering why she wasn't being great. But, um, wait, was she distant in the hot tub when you guys had the big fight or she was distant when you guys got home, we came home, he moved out. I told her and one other friend, well, she knew obviously. And I told one other friend, I said, this is what's happening. And my life is hanging in the balance and I, I can't function. I can't get out of bed. And, um, that's when I noticed she wasn't behaving like my person. Like I would have, if it hadn't been reversed, I would have just gone over and crawled in bed with her. And, and that, that wasn't happening. But again, that that's the benefit of hindsight. And in the moment, I just, I thought I have too much going on to be worrying about this friendship right now. Ultimately, my husband moved back in and we, we thought we'd worked through it again. You know, here we go again. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, dot com and use code you y-o-u y'all know that i love to play games on my phone to unwind and i am always looking for a new one to download and i recently ran across two dots 
and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. So all of the calendar year of last year, my husband and I were just trying continually to try to repair. And out of the clear blue sky, I walk in the door one day and he said, I don't love you anymore. I'm in love with Lauren and she's in love with me. What? Uh-huh. After we'd taken, you know, we continued to do our normal thing last year and my husband turned 40 and she helped me plan his 40th birthday trip. And we went on that trip. And then we went to Mexico together and she'd been carpooling my kids to school every day. And all the while they'd been involved in an affair. Like a full blown, like physical everything. Oh yeah. Everything. And they were in love with each other is what he told me. Just like, hi, how was your day? I mean, I literally walked in the door and that's what he said. And I, it was so beyond my wildest, wildest imagination. Like, were you completely shocked? Like you had not seen any sign. You'd seen the signs that she hadn't been there for you, but you had seen known signs between the two of them. Nope. Well, you know, you look back, you look, I, I, of course I, at, at the time, well, I'd had some intuition that I was not listening to. And that, mm-hmm. that is on me to continue to think about. And in my wildest dreams, did I ever, I, I did continue to worry about my husband because he had shown that he was capable of that kind of lapse in judgment and character mm-hmm. from my best friend, whom I considered a sister who I had actually had these conversations with. This is the kind of thing that's so egregious. You don't think you have to talk to people about it, right? You don't mm-hmm. think you have to explain like, just so you know, if you were sleeping with my husband, it would be the worst, most horrific thing that could happen. You don't even, you don't even say that to people because it's bananas. What did you do? Like physically do, because we'll talk about it, a lot of feelings, but like, yeah. did in the moment when he said that, were you like, are you joking? I screamed at him to get out of the house and our, our kids were at school. They were going to be picked up in like an hour and a half by her because she was the carpool. That, that's what I'm thinking. You know, like I screamed at him to get out of the house and he, he had, it became apparent that he'd already found a lawyer and the lawyer had told him, don't leave don't leave the house or she won't let you back in. So I just left on foot and started walking to Lauren's house because it's in my neighborhood. 
shaking, just fight or flight and adrenaline. But hold on, Melissa. It's important to me to note that you believed him right away. Like did something in you. It was like the littlest click of an adjustment that was like, oh, it's it's clear now. Yeah, it was clear and we're done. We are done here. Like there's no, there's no nine month pregnancy to wait this out and figure out what needs there's, it was, it was complete clarity to me. The marriage is over. The friendship is over. They are not who I believed them to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was very heavy. So you walked to Lauren's house, but no part of you was like, I'm going to check with her. <laughs> like, oh God, no, no. I, I believed it. I, I, okay. I believed it. Well, you know, that's interesting. No one's even, no one's asked me that before, but it's a pretty absurd lie to tell. It, no, I, I know that. And I obviously I'm married. So like, I know what the dynamic is, but like, you know how sometimes somebody says something that's so crazy, like, unfortunately yeah. this <laughs> happened to me with like in a law yeah. situation and you're like, yeah. well, that's not right. Like you're yeah, like, like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. yeah. Like I can't, I let me, you just can't, it's just so crazy, which is, it sounds like what this is that you would mm-hmm. just be like, I need to ask someone else. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, it's just so crazy. But if it's you're so saying wild. like your intuition immediately, like had that click of like, oh, this is the piece I've been missing almost. Yes, Exactly. It's exactly what it was. And so you walked to her house and then I must know what happened. Okay. So I'm walking to her house. I call the other husband whom I have a really great relationship with an appropriate relationship that that's the way you have a relationship with your best friend's husband, who is also my husband's best friend. I mean, he was like Mm -hmm. a little brother. He's a great guy. I call him. He doesn't answer. He calls me back as I'm standing on the corner across from their house. And I take his call. I'm looking at her house, like wanting to go up and pound on the door and scream on it, scream at her. But I decide to take his call. And instead I turn the other way and I keep walking and I talk to him and you know, it was just the most like basic, like, how are you? How did you find this out? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you okay? Very kind of basic trauma conversation. Did he already know? He, I had been out of town that week helping my parents with a move and he had no, they'd known the whole week I was gone, but they spared me until I walked in the door to tell me. So he had known for five days. They had told him or his wife had told him. Yes. And Mm -hmm. he didn't call you. They wanted to let you finish your task or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. he, He wasn't in the same moment that I was because he had had five days to process this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I tell you it's wild, I think I left for my trip on Monday to help my parents. On Saturday night, we were eating chili with all the kids at their house. I mean, it's 
this, these are people that are, are people. And we were just eating chili at your house. Even though he wasn't in the, um, the day one minute, one shock of it, was he surprised? Was he like, can you believe this is happening? Or was he like, yes. I mean, I, I would hope that everyone would be completely shocked and surprised that you're people that are supposed to love you more than anything in the world would do this to you. Yeah, totally. Of course. Yeah. But he definitely wasn't in the moment that I was in. So we kind of wrapped up our conversation and agreed that we probably didn't need to like, it wasn't helpful for us to get in the weeds with each other. I had my own path that was very clear for me and he was, he didn't feel that way. So I said, and to this day, I've said, I, I wish you well, but you need to, we need to have a little boundary here because as long as you're with her, I can't be involved with you. Mm-hmm. Then what? So then I'm in my neighborhood, just walking with my phone and nothing else. And I went and knocked two doors down. My neighbor is an attorney and I've known her my whole life. And this is where like the really beautiful part of my story kind of kicks in because this is my, my town and my people. And I knocked on her door and she opened the door and I think she just, she could tell like something big is happening here. And she very calmly took me in and I told her I'm getting a divorce and I need help and I don't know what to do. And she didn't ask any questions. She wasn't prying. She wasn't wanting the sensational because it is sensational. Mm-hmm. None of that. She said, I'm going to give you three names. This is what you can expect. I'll call and get you appointments. I mean, just like met me exactly where I was at. And I said, okay, thank you. And then I left and I kept on my little walk and I walked to our, our mutual, our friend's house who I had, we had one friend who was in business with Lauren and it's also a great neighborhood confidant, good friend. So Lauren and your husband were no longer working together at this point. Yep. Okay. And I think I just walked up to her porch and sat down. I think I couldn't even bring myself to open the door and she just saw me and Lauren had already told her and she had been having to keep this secret from me this whole week. And Lauren had told her, this is what's happening. And I hope Melissa has someone to talk to, but we're going to continue on with business as usual. What? Uh-huh. And she opened the door and she said, I've got you. And it was the same thing as she understood how tender it was. It was not the moment for digging and what are you going to do? And what did he say? It was just like, she just kind of sat with me and we just looked at each other. Like, and I was like, this is wild. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I got you though. Whatever you're going to do, I've got you. And it was as simple as that. And that's how that's how most people have met me and the people that know me the most, which has been the most beautiful. It's not like platitudes and you're so strong. You're going to get through this. I mean, it wasn't a time for that. It's just, 
I'm here and I'm not going anywhere and we've got you. Well, but I want to talk in a minute about how you even trust anybody after that. Well, yeah, that's obviously something that my therapist is tasked with helping me through. But wait, but- let's let's finish the bones of the story and then we'll talk about the emotion of it. So then Lauren picked up your kids from school. Okay, so no. So she knew. I mean, she knew. So I never went to her. I never went and pounded on her door. I've not seen her. I've not spoken to her. Since? No. When was this? October. And you just, you haven't seen or spoken to her? I don't understand. You just cut it off? She sent me an email in which she said, you always were a great friend. And I just, there's nothing to say to that. It's so revisionist. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, this wasn't a case of being a great friend. To call that, call it that is misrepresenting the friendship that we had. And for her to behave in the way that she'd been behaving, she'd had to be telling so many lies to herself along the way that I just, I thought I'm not even going to spend the energy to respond to it. Are they together? I don't understand. How, what's the fallout? So the fallout is I'm getting a divorce. I was, my good friend had me on the phone with the divorce attorney that night at eight o'clock that night, which was amazing. I filed for divorce the following week. They're still married. That other couple is still married. And I don't know. I mean, they're, they're working on their marriage for what I know, but I'm having nothing to do with it. I'm moving on. So when your husband told you, when he said, I'm in love with Lauren and she's in love with me, did he think that they were going to be together? Or was he saying, I need you to know we've been having an affair, but we are done or. I don't really know what he thought. And the, the, his brain is not a place I want to be or understand. (laughs) I think, I think they probably wanted that. I'm, I think that's what their, their perfect scenario was. Yeah. This is what I think. I don't know. But my guess is that he had done this once before and had been welcomed back to his life with open arms by people that offered him grace and forgiveness. And he still ran a successful business and had a ton of friends and still got asked to golf with the boys and have a beer after and all the things. And so I think that was his expectation was that that's what happens after you do this sort of thing is, you know, he'll still have his friends and, you know, we're going to be divorced now, but he's going to be fine. And that is so far from what has happened. Our community just had no tolerance for it. And I didn't spend any time campaigning for my friends or, or asking anyone to choose sides. I mean, in those initial first few weeks were absolutely traumatic beyond imagination for, you know, for me to process as a mother and trying to shepherd my kids through this. So I didn't have any time or energy to try to control the narrative. It was a scandal absolutely in our community. And I knew everyone was talking about it. And I just thought, I'm going to let people make their own decisions. And it just felt very quickly. I could just feel it was like, 
everyone was just silently getting information behind me. And I Mm. knew they didn't have to say we're on your side. They didn't have to say we choose you. They just were like, we're not doing this. We're not existing with this behavior as friends. All of our friends were all lied to, you know, they, they'd been, they'd been lying to me, but everyone else too. You know, we'd been on girls trips thinking we were a tight knit group of girls and the rest of my girlfriends don't want a friend like that. Mm, of course. Of course right. I mean, you just, it's, it's a non-negotiable. This is so much. I feel like, okay, so that's the logistics of the story. Let's talk about like the emotions besides, you know, there's the obvious emotions, but then there's like, which has been harder losing your husband or losing your best friend? Well, that's, mm, I mean, I kind of want to say neither. Why say why neither? Okay. So the truth is she wasn't my best friend, right? She wasn't your best friend is your cheerleader. You're rooting for you. You're in your corner at all times, at all stakes. That's your best friend. Right. But you thought she was, I thought she was, I did think she was, but I can honestly tell you that I haven't had a moment. And, and people will say to me like, my God, I can't imagine going through that and losing the friendship. I haven't had a moment of, of missing her which is wild to me. I haven't had a moment of thinking, I wish I could talk to her about this or she'd find this funny. I haven't felt that way, which is- Really? Do you think that's because that is peculiar and we're only, as we record this, we're about six months out. It's very fresh. So yeah, Yeah. do you think maybe you just haven't reached that stage of grief because you're still in anger? I don't, I don't think that's what it is. Time will tell, certainly. I also have really close friendships from, you know, way back that were, they're just, it's a different kind of friendship. And if I'm honest, as I look back with the benefit of knowing what I know now, I had, I was really kind of feeling uncomfortable in that friendship with her the past year. And of course, now I know why, right? She was sleeping with my husband. So of course, something was off in the friendship and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And I even tried to talk to my husband about it and say, something's going on with, with her. And he of course blew me off because he didn't want me to distance myself from her. Mm -hmm. So I had been, I'd had these uncomfortable feelings for about that whole year where I felt like this friendship doesn't feel good anymore. And we were so entangled with our kids, with the carpool, with the neighborhood, with our husbands being best friends. I, I didn't know how, I didn't know what to do about it. And I couldn't figure out what it was. I thought, was she mad at me about something? Is she upset that I didn't invite her to something or what's going on here? And I couldn't put my finger on it. And you hadn't asked her. I had said in a very roundabout kind of generalized way, like everything okay with you, you seem off kind of thing, but not something's up between us. I'd never said that. And it's just such a peculiar hurt and betrayal to have someone do this to me who had slogged through all of those years and all of those conversations and known all of the pain that had come from that happening. And for her in particular 
to be the one who held all those truths and then did it anyway is it's um it's really almost worse than what my husband did mm-hmm. and so like I said it just was like the the little piece of the puzzle that was missing and it all just clicked and became crystal clear and I I had no doubt like we're done here mm-hmm. and all the time that I had been pouring into this relationship now gets to go elsewhere. But what about the fallout? Like in a friendship breakup, the biggest friendship breakup in my life, we were kind of long distance friends. So she didn't really, and it wasn't a betrayal like this. It was just a sort of like, whatever friendship breakup. Yeah. She didn't know like my kids or anything like that. And so I actually felt very alone in the breakupness and the grief of it because nobody, our friendship kind of existed in a strange vacuum a little bit. Sure. But in your situation, it's not just your own grief or your own sense of betrayal, because this is somebody that your kids obviously must have thought of as like an aunt or kind of thing. I mean, Um, totally. And these little girls are friends and that's wild. They're six years old and, you know, they're doing sleepovers all the time and they're on the same soccer team. I mean, that was actually one of the, one of the, first text I sent early on was to our little neighborhood friend group of the moms of these six-year-old girls. And I had to say, I just need you to know what's going on here because this, these little friendships are all going to be affected and there's been a rupture here and it's not going to be repaired. Yeah. So how did the other moms, so now I'm just like sort of wondering how Mm -hmm. something like this affects a whole community because it does. Because then suddenly the other moms have to not choose sides necessarily, but like figure out, well, crap, how am I going to talk about this with the kids? Like this Mm -hmm. family has had an argument with this other family and you can't really say why, you know, or whatever. Totally. I'm horror. And that's the thing that I think these, my husband and Lauren don't understand the impact that it's been on all of these children, like the neighborhood children that have our friends have had to have these awful conversations about what does an inappropriate really, you know, they're all at different ages and it's horrific that they've put this on these little kids to try to understand that particular group of moms. It's a relatively newish friend group because the little girls are in first grade. So they've been, it's like they're, they met in kindergarten and it's this cute little play group. And they, they said, again, they're like, whatever you need, we will do whatever you need. I never said their daughter can't be included or I never, I mean, none of that, but I I did say, you need to all know the sensitivities to this Mm -hmm. and they've been really great about it. And I think it was a week before Halloween. And so I said, I'm going to need someone to take her trick or treating because I cannot exist out in this neighborhood and, and do this. And they signed up and they said, we've got you and we'll take more on it. You know, just, I really had to get good at that. Whatever you need thing, which is hard for me. You know, Mm -hmm. I had to start asking and saying, this is what I need. It continues to, it continues to pop up though, because my husband was the soccer coach with Lauren's husband. And so you know, we're continuing to have to make choices and my husband doesn't live here anymore. He's at his own place. And so 
my daughter's little friends want to go over there and play. And those parents have had to make that decision. And are they going to let, are they going to allow their six-year-old little girl to go play at his house? It's been really tender and nuanced. And ultimately most everyone is just trying to do what's best for the kids, which is what I would hope everyone would do. But it's, it's been awful to have to talk to these children about this level of adult conduct that's Mm -hmm. so disgusting and disappointing to say the least. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com, and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. So you've talked a lot about how the friends in your community, even if they weren't close, but they've stepped up and they've, you know, helped you find a lawyer, helped you trick or treat, all these things. And that is amazing signs of love. Like they've like done tangible, like Mm -hmm. actually boots on the ground, done things. But what about the emotional part for you in terms of like, does it make you not ever want to be close again to somebody? (laughs) Like, how does it, I would have a hard time. I would keep everybody at a distance. I'm afraid, even if I could see that they were nice or whatever, I would be like, but I can't, I can't be that close to you because you might sleep with my husband. What if you sleep with my husband (laughs) right after we have chili? Well, that's the tricky part for me is I have a choice. I'm 41 years old. I still feel like I've got great years ahead of me. And I can choose to let these people continue to ruin all the good in my life. Or I can choose to believe that they are the outliers. And there's some absolutely amazing people in this world. Mm -hmm. What I'm really working on is trusting myself. Because that's what is the important thing here. I... I did have some intuition and some warning signs. And of course I look back and I think, God, I was right. So that's what I'm focused on is really just tuning into myself and trusting myself. And if it feels off and I can't put my finger on it, then I probably don't know all of the information, but it feels off for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to oversimplify it and say that I'm, I'm fixed and I'm, I'm good to go because of course that's not the case. But I don't look around at these friends that I have and think, 
is that the truth? Are you lying? I, that's not what's happening here. Thankfully, thankfully. Yeah. The betrayals have nothing on the kindnesses. And that became apparent to me really early on. It was like when I was kind of held together by a thread and barely hanging on, it was not what they did that caused me to lose it emotionally. It was a hug from an acquaintance or a dad at a basketball game who came over and put his arm around me and said, you got this. Like someone that didn't, they didn't need to do it. They, you know, they're not my, they're not my best friend. They don't need to check on me, but they did it anyway, because this is not okay. And they're, they're good people. That kind of choked me up a little bit. I wonder if when something like this happens and this is, this strays a little bit from friendship, but I'm curious because I'm from a small town and I know things like this happen. Do you prefer like that dad that came over and put his arm around you and just sort of acknowledged, but in a kind way, like acknowledge, like, I see you, you got this, whatever. Or do you prefer everyone ignore it and just pretend? No, that's been a really great lesson for me because I used to operate in this sort of like, you know, you've got your little concentric circle friend groups, like you're, you're super tight people. And then you're, and it gets bigger and bigger. And I used to think if someone would have something go on, I would think, well, I'm not their, I'm not their main people. So they probably don't want to hear from me. And I, I've completely flipped on that because it's helped me to feel comfortable still going out to happy hour and still going, showing up at the basketball game. It's helped me to feel like these people all, they see me, they've got me and they're rooting for me. It's helped me to just continue to exist. I, I really have no shame in this story, but it's still incredibly traumatic. And it, it was very emotional at the beginning to go anywhere and do anything. And I still had to go to my kid's basketball game. And I really, really preferred all those little small gestures. There was one girl who's an acquaintance and I can't even tell you, I don't know what she does for a living. I don't know how old her kids are or what their names are. She's really an acquaintance. And she sent me a Facebook message and she said, there's a lot of people that are nervous to reach out for you to you, but I'm not because I think women need to stick out for other women. And I just want to tell you that I'm here for you no matter what. And she's been checking on me every week ever since. And she's invited me to things and it's become this kind of funny joke. Like I don't even really know her <laughs> and she'll, she'll text me and say, as your best friend, I want you to know, I saw you from across the room and you looked amazing. And I, and you know what? She is a great, I feel like she's a good friend now. And I want to be that kind of a friend for other people going forward. I, screw the rules, screw, you know, if it's, if it's not my business then I won't make it my business, but I can still tell you, I see you and I hear you. Yes. And I love that she's even made a joke about it. She knows you've lost your best friend. And so she's <laughs> like, I'll be the one to do yeah. what best friends say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You've got a spot to fill. <laughs> That's yeah. actually amazing. It's amazing. And when I told my, I told one of my good friends that, and she was like, this whole thing is going to crack you wide open. It is going to crack your life w wide open. 
and make room for the best people that you would have never connected with otherwise. And I, I'm seeing it happen and I believe it. It's been Yeah, this cool. is like an amazing story. I'm sorry. The painful part of it is sucks. It sucks. It's wild. I know it's, I'd like to write a book because it, the whole thing is, it's kind of unbelievable, but I'm glad I found out when I did. I'm glad I didn't continue to, I mean, one, even one more day in investing in these, in that friendship was one too many. Right. And I don't want to give her any more airtime, like theoretically, but did she never at any point offer, maybe not to you, but to anyone like an explanation or an apology or like, she's never said anything. Well, I got that email. (laughs) I got that email from her and it was, it was a lot of I messages. I'm feeling I'm, I made a mistake. I, this will haunt me my life for the rest of my life sort of thing. And you always were a great friend. I mean, that was really it. So that was, that was her way of apologizing was this will haunt me the rest of my life. I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just so wildly insufficient and it's not like they got drunk and had a whoopsie, which is not acceptable either. But like, this, if this went on calculated, yeah, sneaking around, I mean, it's disgusting. It's just, it's the worst possible kind of friend. You know, it's not a mistake. It's, it's really not a mistake. It's a choice. And that's, what's different about my particular situation in that, you know, it's different than if you have a death or a diagnosis, which are horrible, horrible things that are different because this is a choice. This is people with their active adult brains as parents and spouses and friends made this choice. Mm -hmm. And she was choosing to end the friendship. She knew, she knew what she was doing. My husband knew what he was doing. So I'm not going to say that it's been, that it was like, you know, I said, okay, well, nice knowing you, you know, it, it, it wasn't that easy. It's been terrible. It has been terrible, but because of how egregious it was, it almost helped me to have no doubts. I mean, there's just no room for these people in my life. Yeah. In some ways that clarity is helpful because it's almost harder. I mean, you already went through the version Mm -hmm. with the coworker where you had to do all the, should I stay, you know, is this something Mm -hmm. we can get past? Like all of that stuff that is, that is really hard to like have this daily spiral with, with your situation for it to be like, oh, this has never been more clear. Like exactly. I can just move straight to the grief part. Correct. Like that I don't have to walk. There's no waffling here. And there, I had no time to, to think about what my friend's situation was going to be moving forward. Right. Like it was going to be what it was. I'm going to, I'm filing for divorce and let the chips fall where they may. It wasn't like, well, if I stay, maybe this, that wasn't happening. So I made my decision and luckily it, it all worked out in the way that it did for me, that my, my entire support group was, in alignment with me from a value perspective and in alignment for me of the kind of friend I had shown them to be that there was no decision from them either. 
I mean, they just, Mm -hmm. they said, we're here. And it it happened interestingly enough with my mother too, because like I said, our, we're all in the same town. My parents have lived here forever. Her parents have lived here forever that my, our parents are in the same friend group. And I saw the same thing happen with my mom and her friends. And they all just got in line too. Like no questions, drawing the line in the sand. We don't move forward with this. Is it a small town? Are you in a small town? No. I know it's backwards. It's backwards enough for a small town, isn't it? No, but I just was like, well, I wonder in a small town in this, I'm from a small town and things like this have happened. It's really, sometimes it's impossible for people. If a town is small enough, you have to move. Like you can't ever, people don't ever forgive you. Well, I, that has crossed my mind and I, I would love it if that happened at least out of the neighborhood. I mean, we're still in the same neighborhood and I still the kids still go to the same school and I still see her dropping them off at school, her kids at school. I mean, I, yeah. How do you, I mean, you do have to see her. So you have to see her at school stuff or whatever, just things is, do you guys just stand on the opposite side of the room? Does she make eye contact? Does she act weird? I haven't haven't seen her outside of my vehicle. I mean, I've, you haven't been at the same things. Not yet. Not yet. I've seen her husband and he said hello to me and but it, it's going to happen. The girls, the kids go to the same birthday parties and it's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do. I really don't know what I'm going to do when I'm in proximity with her. Is your husband sad? What's your husband like? Is he just like kicking it? What's he doing? Yeah, he's moved out. He has a lot. I mean, the, the friend group didn't follow him, which I think was probably not according to his plan. And I mean, we're in the middle of an ugly divorce. It's not great. It's, it's not been fun. I, I don't even, I, I can't even really speak to him to be honest, Laura. So I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. know what his emotions are. Well, I'm so sorry this happened to you. I think you speak of it so eloquently and you should think about writing a book here. A few things that are amazing about this story is it's juicy enough for people to be interested in a juicy story because that's human nature, but you have all these other really important life lessons, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's almost like it hooks you in because everybody likes gossip or whatever, but then like, as we, as we've been talking, I'm just like having all these sort of light bulb moments about. Right. I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface really of, I mean, we've, we've kind of kept on the friendship thing, but it's a wild story to say the least. And it is, it's juicy. (laughs) You tell it so well. And so clearly, and I appreciate you being willing to to tell me about it. Thank you. I, it's been a delight to talk to you. Well, that conversation with Melissa is one that I will not forget. This was part of my new series of episodes that I'll be sprinkling in over the next few months called Friendship Stories. I conducted dozens of interviews, hours of audio, talking to women about their friendships. It was all part of my research for my new book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, which comes out this April. You can pre-order The Life Council now in your favorite form. Hardcover, paperback, ebook, and audio are all available to pre-order. Go to thelifecouncilbook.com to learn more. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. 
For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10thingstotellyou. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening. 